You're listening to the Life in Christ Church Podcast, your place for life-changing messages that will build your faith and propel your life. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? And so today I want to talk to you about um, the greatest enemy of faith. I don't think it's going to be a series, uh, but uh, in between series, I, I usually like to do kind of a reminder of a certain thing. And today, uh, the greatest enemy of faith uh, is unforgiveness. So I want to talk to you about unforgiveness and, and walking in love. Uh, early on, the Lord told me that he'll only use me to the level in which will I develop in love. Let me say that again. He said, I will only use you, Joe, to the level in which you develop in love. And so I can say that to you. You'll only be used to the level in which you grow and develop in love. This is not a side thing, a side topic. This is one of the main things. This is one of the main things in the new covenant. Uh, and so we must develop. We must grow in this. Uh, in, the, in Brother Hagin's latter years, uh, he preached heavily on walking in love. Pastor Mark said, man, he would, he would go to the camp meetings or, Pastor, or Brother Hagin would go to Pastor Mark's church. And, you know, Brother Hagin had multiple visions from the Lord Jesus, multiple in-person visions, talked to from the Lord, incredible, been to heaven, wow. And, and, and Pastor Mark would show up wanting to hear more about visitations and, and incredible things. And Brother Hagin would say, all right. Open up your Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through, you know, talking about love. And we just continually press that, um, especially in his latter years, because it's such a vital, vital, vital component to your growth as a Christian. And, and so uh, early on, even, we started to emphasize it as a church. For a while, we would take every Sunday, we would take a few minutes to talk about love and, and to grow. Uh, because the enemy wants to bring bitterness, unforgiveness, offense into the church, into your life, into your family's life, to cause havoc, to bring destruction. And so we're going to be aware of these things. We're going to prepare for these things. Come on, we're going to reinforce some areas. We're going to get strong in some areas. And, and we're going to be ready when it shows up, come on, offense and bitterness and unforgiveness to beat it over the head. Come on, amen. We're going to be ready. The Bible says that offense will come. So if you know it's going to come, we need to prepare. So that's what we're doing. We're going to take time to prepare. Uh, and don't think that you know everything there is to know about walking in love. Come on. Uh, I've heard some of you. I, I, I've been watching you, and you don't know everything that there is to, to walking in love. <laughs> right? Uh, and, and so, you know, this, this, if you'll listen, man, this will keep your family together. This may even keep your marriage together. Come on, the relationships that you have, it'll keep them intact. There are people in my life, people in my family's life, that I'm the only one they talk to. Or I'm the only one that has stuck around because I've had to deploy a lot of mercy. <laughs> right? Other people have said enough is enough, but, I, but the Holy Spirit keeps, remember, you show mercy, show love, continue to show up. No, no, that's the last time. I'm, no, no, I'm done with this person. That's it. Holy Ghost said, well, I wasn't done with you. I didn't throw you to the side. And so you don't do that to them. And so, oh, all right, man, I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, everything in me. I mean, it doesn't matter how you feel. Right? If you'll make a decision to love, your feelings will show up later. But if you just wait until you feel like forgiving, oh, you'll be waiting a long time. <laughs> you may never do it. Uh, so feelings have absolutely nothing to do with, with, with walking in love. Now, uh, you know, uh, love may produce a feeling. Uh, you know, you get the butterflies, and when you know, you're dating somebody, you may get these butterflies and just googly eyes and all that. But I'm telling you right now, you, at some point, you have to make a decision that you're going to love on purpose, right, and intentional. 
intentional. You have to be intentional about these things. Those of you that are single, don't, don't, don't uh, go into this thinking it'll be roses forever. You need to learn how to love. Come on, amen. If your marriage is going to be successful, you're going to need to know how to forgive. You're going to need to know how to walk in love. Come on, if you're going to be successful in anything in the kingdom of God, you're going to need to know how to forgive. Come on. Too many people have left the place of blessing because of unforgiveness. Left where God has planted them, the place of blessing, the place of where, where they're going to thrive and grow. But because sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so said something to them that they didn't like, offended them, maybe even a very, maybe they did offend them very, very badly. But they allowed that to take them out of the place of blessing that God had for them. You know, and, and so Brother Hagen used to say, if you're feeling mistreated, it's a good sign that the devil is working on you. Didn't say well, it's a good sign someone else is working on you. It's a good sign the devil is working on you. And so, you know, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against principalities and powers. And so people are influenced, right? People come up under the influence of the enemy, and, and, and the enemy uses their mouthpiece. But it ain't them. It, 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 it's the enemy using them. We have to remember that. And so don't allow uh, someone mistreating you uh, to take you out of the place of blessing. All right, go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. So the greatest enemy to faith, we'll just get what we can um, out, and, and, uh, and maybe we'll continue next week. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to grow today in this area, and we're going to develop more in this area. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. So Galatians 5, 6 tells us that faith is activated through love. It's energized through love. Faith is expressed through love, and faith works through love. And so why is that so important? Well, faith is how you access everything in the kingdom of God. The Bible says that the just are called to live by faith. That is the only way we're to be living. It's by faith. The Bible says that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Your faith. So faith is so important, so vital. But if you ain't walking in love, your faith will not work. Right, And so this is why it is vital that we continue to grow in this. Brother, uh, Brother Copeland says that love is the curtain rod that everything hangs on. Right, uh, uh, You know, you could be as generous and give away everything, but have not love. It means nothing. Right, You can be burnt at the stake, a martyr for your faith. Literally give up your life for, for Jesus. But if you don't walk in love, it means absolutely nothing. So everything hangs on love. If that bar of love goes down, everything else goes down with it. It does not matter how good you are at anything else else if you ain't walking in love amen and so right uh, faith works by love faith is energized by love faith is expressed by love and faith works through love mark 11 chapter uh, mark 11 verse 23 to 25 in the new king james version anytime we talk about faith somehow or another we're going to end up back at mark 11 just it's just it is what it is right mark 11 and so uh for shortly i say to you whosoever says to the mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things, believes the things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. But we can't stop there. Let's continue reading. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Praise God. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything, somebody say anything. If you have anything against anyone, say anyone, anyone. forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also 
forgive you your trespasses. Well, that's very key right there because, you know, when I pray, I want to get results. I want God to answer my prayer. When I speak to the mountain, I want the mountain to move. A mountain just uh, means a problem, an issue, right, uh, in your life, right? You can speak to the issue and command it to go. That's faith, having faith, being able to move mountains. But in order for me to do that, in order for me to get results in my prayer life, I must forgive. And it says if you have anything against anybody, anything at all, anything, you know, if somebody's name is mentioned, do you get riled up on the inside? Do you get bad thoughts? Uh, did someone do something to you? Did maybe your father, your mother, uh, anything at all, holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness in any shape or form will hinder God answering your prayer. This is very serious, very serious. And so it's important that really every day we examine ourselves in this area. We're taking inventory in this area. Uh, Brother Hagin told us, to, uh, I heard a teaching, he told a group of people to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8 every single day. And Pastor Mark told me that personally. You need to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 8 every day. That, that means I'm reading my love chapters, my, uh, my love scriptures, building my faith in this area making adjustments. I'm not waiting uh, six months down the road uh, to make the adjustment. I'm making the adjustment that day. Amen. And I'm not allowing days and weeks and months to be strung together where my prayers aren't being answered. That's where people really get into ruts. That's where people really just become stuck in life. A big reason is because of unforgiveness and bitterness. And some of you have been through some really significant things really significant things, hurtful things, have been really hurt by maybe your parents, maybe your spouse, uh, family. Uh, some of you have been abused. I mean, some real difficult, painful, hurtful things. But you need to forgive. You need to forgive. And forgiveness does more for you than it does for them. Really, for them, whoop de doo really has everything to do with you. Someone, says, someone said that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies, right? Imagine, I'm drinking poison. I really hope this gets them. Like, it ain't going to get them. It's going to get me, right? That's what having bitterness and unforgiveness does for you. And it's been proven scientifically that bitterness actually releases toxins in your body that begin to break it down. You'll notice someone that carries stress and unforgiveness and bitterness really just age quicker, right? Have health issues, uh, you know, and so this is very serious. This is not just, well, let's just walk in love. Jesus loves you. No, this has everything to do with your health, with your, with your productivity, with, with you fulfilling your destiny, come on, with, with your marriage, with your children, with your relationships, things that actually matter. This is, has everything to do with those. And so we just have to make a decision to walk in love whether anybody else walks in love or not, right? I'm going to walk in love. Well, they, I'll walk in love if they walk in love. No, no. I'll walk in love if they do this, this, and this. No, no. I'm not going to allow what they do to determine what I do, right? I'm not going to let it happen. And that takes determination. That is not easy. Let me tell you something. That's not easy to do. Easier said than done. But God would never tell us to do something we can't do. Never. That, that's unjust. He would never do that. Romans 5.5 5 says, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. That means you if you're born again, you have the love of God, the God kind of love on the inside of you that you're able to use and to deploy. 
Now, there are different types of love. There's philos, right, which is where we get Philadelphia from, brotherly love, like you love somebody like a brother. There's eros, which is a sexual love. Uh, and then there's agape love, which is unconditional love. That's the kind of love that I'm talking about right now, unconditional love, meaning it doesn't matter what you do or don't do, I love you, right? I tell my daughter, there's nothing you can do, right, that'll stop me from loving you, nothing. There's nothing you, I tell her that all the time, there's nothing you can do to, to, to get me to love you less or more. I love you so much, unconditionally. There is nothing, right? I'm so glad my mother loved me that way, right? There was nothing that I, and I did all kind of things, but my mom stuck with me. I'm so glad that God stuck with me, right? And mistake after mistake, because we want people to look, you know, we want people and God to look at us through rosy glasses, you, right? Just full of mercy and full of forgiveness. You want people to be long-suffering with us. We want God to be long-suffering with us. But when we look at other people, we pull out the magnifying glass, right? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> the issue, an issue, all we want to do is magnify problems, but that's not how we want to be viewed. <laughs> I don't want to be viewed that way. I want the rosy glasses on. I want mercy. I, I want long suffering. I want you to be patient with me, right? But how I many know we need to extend that to other people? And I'm going to be honest with you. That's not my easiest. That's not the easiest thing for me to do in the natural. My wife will tell you. It's not the easiest thing. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm the one that kind of what's going on with it. Like magnifying. I, well, I got to be merciful. I got to walk in patience and love. I, you know, I want to treat other people the way I want to be treated. Like this is not a, a one-way street. You know, I, I need to also deploy this and, and, and be kind and merciful. When You know, one version says that we're to be patient with imperfect people. Patient with imperfect people. Man, I don't know about you, but I have some things that I need to work on, and I, and I need mercy in those areas. And I may be strong in an area that you may not be strong in. And so I have no right to attack you because I'm strong in that area. I have no right to point that out uh, and, and, and make you feel some kind of way because I'm strong. I, I, so some things, you know, I can't see why somebody would do that. But really, you know, I don't know what they're dealing with. I have no idea what, what they're facing or, or where they come from, right? Because, uh, you know, some people have no issues with drugs whatsoever. Like they can't see why someone would use drugs. But I can tell you, I, I know why, you know, you, you just, you get hooked, you get depressed, you, whatever, you start using them. Uh, and, and for me, I can't see why certain people would do other things, but it does not matter. We're to extend mercy and love, whether we understand or not. Come on, amen. Whether we understand or not, whether we see it or not. Because, you know, I'll, I'll say sometimes, I just don't understand. Well, it doesn't really matter. Just, just be merciful. <laughs> just walk in love. Just honor. Amen. So Mark 11, write that down, 23 to 25. All right, go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. The greatest enemy to faith is unforgiveness. Matthew 16, verse 14 says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's in the New Testament. That's a gospel script. I mean, forgive if you want to be forgiven. That, that's what needs to stick on the inside of us. If you desire to be forgiven, we must be masters at, at releasing mercy. Come on, amen. Masters. I mean, this is something that we need to grow in, develop in, push in uh, to forgive other people. And love is spiritual warfare, right? Love is not talk. It's not theory. It's a decision, like I said before. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, <laughs> it 
If he's rich in mercy, how I many know we should be rich in mercy? But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's one of my favorite scriptures, God who's rich in mercy. I'm so glad I got another chance, you know, because I, some people get delivered right away from addiction, right away. I got delivered, but then I still had issues afterwards. It still lingered for me. And I'm so glad God didn't say, well, I already gave you a shot. You, you received me, you tasted my goodness, and you still wanted to go back and make mistakes. I'm so glad he didn't just leave me there. He sent people to help me. He sent people around me to strengthen me, to love on me. You know, the Bible says that the goodness of God will lead a man to repentance. So how about us? You know, how about us? We, we can lavish goodness and mercy on other people when they make mistakes. How many know that'll lead them back? Come on. That'll lead them back. Not, not pointing the finger, not, not treating them a certain kind of way. Maybe your spouse doesn't serve God or maybe your spouse doesn't come to church. Stop bashing them for it. Stop. Just lift your hands, pray for them, love on them, show mercy, show grace. That's how you're going to turn your husband. Brother Hagin said that he never once preached the gospel to his family like, you need to get saved, you need to do this. He just said, I prayed for him, you know, the Lord, uh, thank you uh, that you'll send laborers into their harvest field, right? Uh, you'll, you know who they can receive from. Thank you for sending that, that person to them. But all he did was love on them, show grace, show mercy. He said every single one of them, every single one of them are now serving the Lord. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Mercy, grace. Come on. More mercy, more grace. When they mess up, when they say something they shouldn't say, you just lavish mercy on them. You know what? I forgive you. I'm not going to allow this to, to build a wedge, to, 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 to bring discord into our home. You know what? I forgive you. I, I know you didn't mean it. I forgive you. I mean, that, that'll, that'll, that'll mess with an unbeliever. <laughs> that'll mess with someone who doesn't know what's going on. I mean, what? No, what, what, what the heck? You know, sooner or later, they're going to want a taste of this. They're going to they're going to they're going to see the peace that's on your life you're no longer getting all bent out of shape you're now walking in peace you're now walking come on in love and they're going to see that and they're going to want that people are looking for peace more than anything and if you desire peace in your home you're going to need to learn how to walk in love <laughs> you're going to need to learn how to how to walk in love i'm telling you if you're going to want peace in your home and that's one of the things i value most in my life is peace i've lived in chaos i've lived in in, in strife i value peace and we, you know every every marriage has has arguments and, and and issues but you need to know how to deal with them according to the bible Come on, not you sleep on the couch, not you saying this or saying that, deploying mercy and asking for forgiveness. That's how you do it, amen. And that's what keeps unity in the house. Ephesians 4.26 in the Living Bible says it this way. Ephesians 4.26 and 27 in the Living Bible says, if you're angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. If you're angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Get over it quickly. <laughs> Say, get over it quickly. Verse 27, for when you're angry, you give a mighty foothold to the devil. A mighty foothold to the devil. I'm going to read this passage again, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, out of the TLB, the Living Bible. If you're angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. So this is telling me that if you nurse a grudge, it'll lead to sin. If you nurse a grudge, it'll lead to sin. 
meaning you hold on to it, you allow it to fester, you allow it to brew, you know what I mean? You just, you just, you're waiting to use it and to attack, right? If you hold on to it, it'll lead to sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Get over it quickly. And that's really, you know, what we endeavor to do in our home. If there's an argument, we, we need to figure this out. What do we need to do? How do we make this right? I, I'm sorry I said that, and, and we make it right. We don't go to sleep uh, uh, angry and, 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 and in strife because of what that says. It gives a mighty stronghold to the enemy. And I don't need the enemy in my home. Come on, I don't need him building forts in my mind and in our relationship, strongholds. And, and, because if you give him an inch, he'll take a yard. The devil never stays where, where, he, where, 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 you know, he doesn't just, okay, I'll stay right here. No, he's looking for the next room. He's looking to scoot on in here and push on, on over into there. And next thing you know, your life starts to unravel. But it started with that foothold that he got because of strife. Come on. And you don't end in divorce because of an argument. You end in divorce because you've allowed the enemy to build a stronghold and then another stronghold and then another stronghold. That's why you need to deal with them right from the onset. You don't want to deal with six strongholds down the road. Take care of them right now. It shows up, you whack it down. It shows up, you whack it down. You don't allow him to build forts all over. Come on. Yeah, come on. Amen. You take care of it from the onset. That's why this, is, this scripture is so vital. Get this on the inside. Get this on the It is so vital to take care of things like this fast. To take care of it as soon as possible. Not allow it to linger and to stay. That's why. That's why divorce happens. You don't just wake up one day getting divorced. It's because there's just one thing after another that you've just let go and let slide. But God will give you grace. God will give you strength. God will give you help in this area. Well, you'll be able to attack it on the onset. And not just in your marriage, but in your relationships with friends and people. You know, there are people that you need to be connected to that will offend you. Come on. There are people that God has called you to be connected to that will offend you. But if you take care of it from the onset and you make things right and don't allow things to fester, you'll get everything you need to get from that relationship. There are people that are designed that God has sent your way to help propel you into your destiny. But they will offend you. They will rub you the wrong way at some point along the line. And so you need to know how to recognize that it's going to come, and when it does, you take care of it. Pastor Phil used to say, I'm not your pastor until I can correct you, right? Because a lot of people, when they get corrected, they get offended. They get told, hey, this or that. And so if you can't take correction, or if correction offends you, you're not going to go very far in the kingdom of God. You're going to be, you're going to be a, an immature, stunted, you know, your growth's going to be stunted because, you, you know, you can't take correction. But, but if you decide, I'm going to walk in love, and I'm not going to allow any, anything uh, that, that may be misunderstood or any, any kind of you know, jab or anything like that, take me out of the will of God. Amen. There are people that are supposed to be in this church that have left because somebody's offended them. Isn't that a shame? And just problem after problem in their lives. And I'm just so, I'm just, you almost want to weep for them. They allowed something so insignificant, like they could have dealt with it, but they allowed the enemy to get a stronghold, and then he wreaked havoc. He wreaked havoc, made it much bigger than what it actually was. And the devil's in the, in, in, he's in the business of making things seem a lot bigger than what they really are. The longer you fester and hold on to it, the bigger it gets. And next thing you know, something this small now becomes something huge. How the heck did it get here? Because we've allowed it to linger. It's dangerous allowing strife and bitterness to linger. It's dangerous. Amen. Let's look at John 13. 
John 13, 35. Speaking in tongues is how you will prove to the world that you are my disciples. What? John 13, 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. How will we show other people that we're Christians? How are they supposed to recognize us in the world? By our love. Plain and simple. Thank God we pray in tongues. Thank God for miracles, signs, and wonders. Thank God for all of that. But the number one thing that we're supposed to be recognized for is our love. How I many know that's not really the case? That's not really the case. Most, most people view Christians as judgmental. Most people view Christians as, as, as you know, what, what you fill in the blank. But, you know, I think we need to do a little bit better job at loving other people. And not judging other people, not pointing our finger. We hate sin. Sin is sin. We don't like sin. But when somebody is struggling, don't, 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 don't hate them. Hate the sin. Love them. Hate the sin. Come on. Amen. You love on the person. You hate the sin. I hate drugs. I love drug addicts. Come on. Amen. I hate drugs. Hate it. I've seen what it's done. It's killed people. Destroying families. Destroying lives. I don't hate the person. I love the person. I want to see him set free. But I'm not, well, he's a drug addict. Or he ain't going to make nothing with his life. I'm so glad if somebody said it about me. Amen. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. So we could you know, develop an attitude that people can change. Come on, we need to start seeing the best in people. No, no, no. I see where you are right now, but that's not where you can. Yeah, God has so much more in store for you. We need to walk with people. Come on. We need to help people along in the process. And, and, so, and people are only going to listen to us when we love them. Come on, amen. When we just lavish love on people. And people know, you can't fake the funk on this one. You cannot fake the funk on this one. People know when you're genuinely uh, uh, loving them and, 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 and seeing them uh, through the eyes of, of, of mercy. People know. People pick up on that. I had people in my family just love on me through this, and I'll never forget it. Genuine love. Tell me, don't worry. You're going to make it. You're going to be okay. I know you're going through. And those words, even though my face was like this, those words were getting on the inside of me, and it brought hope to me. I said, well, maybe, maybe. Just kept that light. Just, just. If it was, for me, it was flickering, but it was still on, right? And, and, and the more people spoke life into me, the more that bulb would start to get brighter. And next thing you know, I was like, wait, I can change. Wait a minute. I, I don't have to continue to do. There is something better. And I'd go back a little. Oh, and somebody would say something else, and I would just keep walking towards that life. But I had people around me that loved on me, that spoke life into me. And I believe that that's what this church will be. I believe that's what you'll be to your family. You'll be a source of encouragement in your family. When people are going through stuff in your family, you'll be the one. You're going to make it. You're, you're gonna, this is not who you are. You're going to make it in life. God has an incredible plan for your life. You're going to be a source of life in your family. Come on, you're, you're going to be, you're, people are going to be so thirsty in your family. You're going to be the one with the water just satisfying that thirst. Come on, with words of hope and of encouragement and mercy and love. Amen. How many of you desire to be that person in your family? Come on, amen. Not that person, not the Christian that's always, you know, because the person smells like cigarettes, you know, looking at them like, hey, don't sit next to me. And, you know, or that person smells like alcohol and, you, you know, we're looking at them a certain way. No, it smells like cigarettes or whatever. You, we just give them a big old hug. Hey, man, what's going on? Don't treat them any other way. Just love on them. Amen. People know these things. People pick up on these things. We need to be careful in this area. It's the only way lives are going to be transformed. The goodness of God leads a man to repentance. So when we allow God's goodness to flow through us, it causes someone to want to turn their lives around. Come on, amen. It causes someone to want to turn their lives around. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, go to uh, 1 Peter 4.8, and then we'll wrap up with Matthew 18. I want to go there last. 1 Peter 4.8.
verse Peter 4, 8, above all things, above all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another. Above all things, somebody say all things, have intense and unfailing love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. It forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Oh, man. It forgives and disregards the offenses of others. Above all things, have an intense, an intense and unfailing love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. It forgives and disregards the offenses of others. In a world full of people, there's opportunity to be offended almost daily. And so God is calling us to have intense and unfailing love for other people and to cover people's sins and to forgive and disregard the offenses of others. I believe that that's what God is raising up here at Life in Christ. People who will carry this, who will walk in this, who will deploy this. Come on, amen. Getting something out of this this morning? Are we growing and developing? We're doing some teaching this morning, and, and I know it's not the shouting message, but this is so vital and so important to our growth uh, as Christians. And my desire, above all else, is to see you grow and to see you mature as a believer and this is such a key component to all of that i don't want people just stuck year after year going around the mountain same scenery right uh, people need to progress as, as the, you know as they come to church as they get plugged in every year growing going to a new level seeing new things in god and this is such a foundational piece to all of that and so go to last scripture we're going to go uh, to is matthew 18 verse 21 to 35. This is vital, and I teach this in every membership class that we do. Talks about how to deal with offense. You're going to need this. This is how you deal with it scripturally. People, uh, an opportunity for you to deploy this will come, I guarantee it, because there will not be a church split in this church. I'll tell you that right now. There will not be a church split, uh, and, and so, you know, uh, division and strife, there is zero tolerance for that because it chokes out the move of God. Holy Spirit told Joyce Meyer, if you'll keep strife out of the ministry, I'll be able to, 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 to flow and to do what I need to do because strife chokes out the move of God. Same thing here. We desire a move of God in this place, the anointing to flow, lives to be changed, but if there's strife, it won't happen. And so it needs to be dealt with. And so you need to learn how to deal with it. So Matthew 18, starting in verse 21, then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Even that sounds like a lot. But verse 22, Jesus said to him, I did not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That means you just keep on forgiving. That's what that means. Verse 23, therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will repay to you all. Verse 27, then the master of that servant was moved with compassion. Somebody say moved with compassion. And released him and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which was nothing compared to what he owed, a hundred denarii, and laid hands on him, maybe whooped him, and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I'll pay you all of it. Verse 30, and he would not. 
<laughs> but went and threw himself, uh, and he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he paid the debt. Verse 31. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Verse 32. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So, you know, we've been forgiven of so much that that parable basically speaks about how we've been forgiven of so much, but yet we don't forgive when someone does something to us. Uh, and so it's very important that, that you see the light. But that's not what I wanted to do. I did want to go there, but I want to talk to you about how to deal with it, which is actually in Matthew uh, eighteen twenty. Let me see here. Where is that, man? Matthew 18. There it is. 15. Matthew 18, 15. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his faults between you and him alone. So someone has an issue, somebody offends you, you're the step one, you're to go to that person. Step one, you're to go to that person. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So if you go to that person and that person doesn't respond the way that you thought they'd respond or, or just not listening to what you have to say or just not working out, you're supposed to get two or three other people. Now, you don't go get two or three other people that are going to gang up on that person or that you know or is going to agree with you. You go get two or three mature people that can help walk this thing out and help reconcile this problem. Very important. Verse 17, and if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. So that, that, then that's when you come to my wife and I and say, hey, I'm having an issue with this person. But if you come to me and say, Pastor, I'm having an issue with this person, I'm going to tell you, did you go to that person? No, I haven't. Well, you need to go to that person. Okay. If you come to me, yep, I went to that person, uh, and, and, and then I got so-and-so to come with me and nothing, then that's when we step in and try to make that right. Then we try to work it out. But there's a biblical order to how you handle offense. And this will protect you. I learned this from Pastor, I mean, it's in the Bible, but really Pastor Henry Marlene emphasized this. And, and it's taught me so much on how to handle conflict when people come running and, and tell you, hey, this and this happened. Uh, you know, and, and you, you, know, you want to rush to this. No, no, you need to go talk to them and you need to figure out what's going on. And, and then you follow this principle here. And that, that'll keep you safe. Come on, that'll, that'll protect you. And then that'll give you the results that the Bible talks about. Amen. And so Matthew 18 is how you handle it. When you're working on the serve team and somebody steps on your toes, you don't go home and, and call so-and-so and, and tell so-and-so all about what they did. No, no, you go to that person. Gossip is dangerous. Come on, gossip is dangerous. It always ends up much bigger than what it really is anyway, and there's always two sides to every story, right? How many times somebody tell you a story, and you're like, what? Then you hear the other side, you're like, oh. <laughs> and so the, don't always take stuff at face value, right? The Bible says there need to be two or three witnesses when you, when you receive an accusation against somebody, unless you're a leader, right? Don't just hear what people say. It's like believing everything that's on the Internet. You're out of your mind if you believe everything that's on the Internet. Who told you that? Google? Oh, man. Right? So we need to guard ourselves in this area. So what I want to do real quick, stand to your feet. In conclusion, we need to be quick to forgive when offended, 
Quick to repent when we're wrong and quick to believe God's word. Quick to forgive, quick to repent, and quick to believe. Say, I'm quick to forgive. I'm quick to repent. And I'm quick to believe God's word. Say, I forgive. I walk in love. Whether anyone else walks in love or not. I release any unforgiveness, any bitterness, anything I may have against anyone. I release it. Satan, I'm walking in love now. Get your hands off of my finances. Get your hands off of my health. Get your hands off of my family. The love of God is in me. I am merciful with unmerciful people. In Jesus' name. Hey, this is Pastor Joe. And before you go, I want to pray with you to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. This is your opportunity to be 100% sure that heaven will be your eternal home. It's very simple. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you mean business with God, he means business with you. I want you to pray this very simple but powerful prayer and mean it with all your heart. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe that you were crucified and God raised you from the dead. I believe that you are the Son of God. I repent of all my sin and I ask for your forgiveness. I give you my life. Do something with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family of God. The Bible says all the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you just prayed that prayer. The next step is to find a good, strong, local church. If you live anywhere near Lancaster, Pennsylvania, we invite you to join us at Life in Christ every Sunday at 10 a.m. We have some of the best people on planet Earth. We love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Life in Christ Church podcast. Help us to continue to share the message of faith with those all over the world. Visit licchurch.com forward slash give to partner with us today.